What's going on, everyone? This is Alex Terrace here with the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And for today's Knicks episode, we got a few things I just want to run down with you. First, we're going to talk about the Knicks hire of Kenny Payne, the new KP in town. Then we're going to discuss Knox's development. And then we got to hit on this crazy topic of whether or not we should have drafted Michael Porter Jr. And John, my buddy, what do we got for et cetera today? What's up, Alex? For et cetera today, we have the new NBA Bubble Awards. Uh, they're giving out MVPs and all NBA first and second teams. And of course, we'll be discussing the state of the New York Yankees. All right. Sounds good. All right, Ricey, you know what to do. What's going on, everyone? This is Alex Jeteris here with the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me is my buddy, my co-host, my colleague, John Malika. What's going on today, buddy? What up, Alex? How's your day, man? Long day in the office. Long day in the office. As you know, the life of an attorney is very, very long, very monotonous, and very detail-oriented. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> How was your day? <laughs> it was good, man. With the work, slowly putting together my snowboard gear for the season coming up. So, you know, just a little productive day in August. Nice snowboarding. Uh, you got, did you get that discount? I can't imagine people buying snowboards right now and just being. Oh, no, man. The new, the new season snowboard coming out right now. Everybody's hyped for the new season. We're all optimistic. Every the mountain's going to be open. Everything's going to be fine. So, I mean, I guess you could socially distance while snowboarding, right? You're not really. It'll be fine. It's just a lift. That's the issue. But we'll be fine. Okay. Everything will be all right. Maybe someone just tie a rope around you and drag everyone up individually. (laughs) Who knows? But John, let's get into today's topics. We got a new coach in town, Kenny Payne from the University of Kentucky. What do you think about that, man? So a new assistant coach comes to the Knicks that wasn't on our radar necessarily uh, our last week's pod, but has definitely been on the Knicks and Leon Rose's radar. That's for sure. So that seems apparent to us. So Kenny Payne, who I guess is the underground ringleader of the University of Kentucky, John Calipari loves this guy. Yeah, he does love this guy. Um, Coach Cal... The entire University of Kentucky fan base, they're upset that he's leaving. And from the looks of it, all of his former players, Devin Booker, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, uh, you just name it, anyone who played at UK, Willie uh, Cauley-Stant, Anthony Davis, they were all just like hyped. And even our own Kevin Knox, all hyped that Kenny Payne's getting the chance to coach in the big leagues with uh, within the NBA. And, you know, from what I've been gathering from what I've been reading is that Kenny Payne was really this big man whisperer. And he's been like, I guess if you're going to talk about good cop, bad cop, he's the good cop in Calpar being like the bad cop situation, which I don't keep it to see, but you, you know, you know what the reference I'm making. He's like that guy that you don't really hear about unless like you go to the university of Kentucky and know the impact that he's making. But from everything that I've been reading, this guy's a true developmental coach. He helped Anthony Davis have a go-to, uh, turnaround jumper uh just helped guys work in the post even carl anthony town like he wasn't necessarily a 
a big post player, but Kenny Payne got him to be one of like the better post players coming out of University of Kentucky, but Anthony Davis obviously being like, I'd say probably the best within the last couple of years. So for the Knicks, this looks like a great hire, you know, especially when it, with regards to Mitchell Robinson, um, even Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox could definitely especially use, Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox could definitely use like some former like love and TLC with like training. And apparently this guy is really just so good that he's gotten everyone on track. So I'm excited that we got Kenny Payne in the house now to go with Tibbs and this crazy front office staff that we got. It just seems like the Knicks are just making right move after right move, like on paper. And with this recent hire, it seems like, I don't know, they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, I definitely expected you to have that reaction, but I really expected you to go a little bit harder on the Kevin Knox, uh, on the impact of Kevin Knox, because you were really excited about Knox last episode. And I think this really, um, at least it's going to give us closure about Kevin Knox, right? So now we have Kenny Payne, right? We got Tibbs. We're going to build a team, right? We have Leon Rose, like we have all the right people in place to build the roster and put Kevin Knox in a, in a place to be successful. And so whatever happens with Kevin Knox after this year, I'm going to feel comfortable with it. So if we trade him or if we trade him before the season, if we trade Knox, I'm going to feel comfortable with it. If we keep Knox, I'm going to feel comfortable with it. I'm sort of going to like, I'm really going to, throw it up to now Kenny Payne and Leon Rose. And I feel like we really solidified this Kentucky CAA Knicks. Like we are, we really built that chemistry, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know if you've ever played uh, FIFA, but like if you like played ultimate team in FIFA, right. You have like the, you have, you're trying to build a team. And if you're, if you're part of the same country or if you're part of the same club, like you build this chemistry, right? So like, that's what the Knicks are doing. The Knicks are building this chemistry and whether we see it or not, whether we believe it or not, it's happening. So I do, I do love the fact that we're going to have this closure on Knox. I do love the fact that he is this big man sort of connoisseur as you, you know, kind of talked about with his guys in Kentucky and that bodes well for, of course, our young guys like Robinson and Wooten, right? For sure. And then of course our big guys like Julius Randle, Absolutely. Oh, another guy that uh, who was happy about the Kenny Payne hire is Julius Randle. So we got Knox, Julius Randle. Like, I think all these guys will benefit from having Kenny Payne in the house. And I guess to touch on the excitement for Kevin Knox, you know, this was a great birthday gift for him, by the way, because the same day it was his birthday, <laughs> Kenny Payne gets hired by the Knicks. So what more could he ask for, right? Um, getting your old, your old coach who you have great connections with. Who Like, I read this today. Um, and I think it was in uh, Macri's Sports Illustrated article. Every guy went back, not just to like see, like to get like, it was like they're reminiscing of like the good college days, like whether it was a year or how many years they were there. They just reminisce with like Kenny Payne. He's just like that type of guy. It's like, remember this, remember this. But he, they also go back for offseason workouts to go work with him to get better, which is saying, which that tells you something, right? If they're going back to the guy who like, elevated the game in college and they've been doing it for like a while, whether it's Anthony Davis, cat, whoever, that's great. Like that, that bodes well for us. That means we got someone who knows what the hell they're doing and can clearly develop guys. Right. And just continuously to help improve their game and take them to that next level. And I guess to add to the excitement with Knox, just to get back on, on track, um, 
I'm excited for Knox. I have faith in Knox. You know, that same day for his birthday, we saw workout videos. He was playing ball with uh, Kevin Durant. Of course, Durant. propaganda off-season videos. Come on, always, man. Always great. You were giving it with me with the Jets. I got to give it with I you know, the next. Of course. I, know, no, right? I love we, it. No, all I love, of this stuff. I love it. We got to get Randall's going to put a chain around his neck soon. He's going to take a picture for us. I can't wait. I know, right? And just just so people understand, we we just with the the prop. We know it's propaganda, but it's just funny. It's just like we just love it. We still yeah, love we just it. love it. Like, we still love it. Just just like you take it, you take it with a grain of salt, but still, it's just fun to see. Um, anyway, for Knox, I think this will be the the pivotal point for him. We got the guy. Essentially, we got the guy to now train him, right? We got the guy who's like who's either going to help him take him to that next level or not, and so I'm and excited he, for Knox. He has Kevin Knox's best interest in mind. So absolutely, for the first time, I don't. I like feel like the player feels like the Knicks are going to take care of him, and I feel like the Knicks are going to take care of him, and so everyone is happy. You know, regardless of how it actually ends, like everyone will be happy here. So it's good, and I do feel like that's almost trickling down, and that's almost one of the best parts of this entire hire for me. It. Yes, of course, I love all the connection and everything we just mentioned, but just outside the box for a second, this means that Tibbs, he, he's self-aware. Tibbs knows that he needs a connection with his players. He knows Absolutely. that he has this reputation. He knows. So he's bringing in the guy, you know, the, the, the college co- assistant coach that everybody loves. Nobody loves the head coach. Nobody loves Cal Perry. He just yells and screams at you. You know, he takes care of the whole program. Like, you know, everyone knows. Everyone usually loves the assistant. You know, ask LeBron. You know, he brings in the assistant that he loves. Like, everyone has the assistant that they love. So it makes total sense. So there's a little self-awareness by Tibbs that I really love here. Um, and it's some and shows growth by Tibbs, okay? For sure. Because they're going to love this guy. He knows that they're going to love Kenny Payne, and they're probably going to like him over him. You know what I mean? Like, oh, absolutely. So, he know, so that's, a, that's, a, you know, that's a huge ego factor for a big guy like Tibbs. But also, and I want to just – because I know we touched on it last time. It's kind of growth on our owner. Right, like like Dolan is dishing out. He he's making right he's making right move after right move so far from what he's you know from what he can do. Right, he he's obviously not gonna tell Leon Rose, Kenny Payne, and Tibbs who to you know who to trade for, who to add. You know what I'm saying? So he's putting that firepower in where he can't tell them what to do. He could tell Steve Mills and Mike Miller what to do. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Or you know so. Uh, I mean, credit where credit is due just in that aspect. So at least I just, I'm happy that we're building, we're building, we're building. And it seems like we have the right mentality in mind. It's not this like crazy Nick's Twitter that I feel like was running the front office. I literally feel like the front office was being run by like Twitter, right? You know, (laughs) like it just like, it just like feels like that. But like, you know, like we're just like, oh yeah, like any big name that comes out. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Durant, you know, anybody, you know, any you know, free agent, anybody should come here, you know? And yeah. I feel like we're finally, ha- we finally have adults in the for, room. For sure. And to add on to like that growth for, you know, Dolan, I think for Dolan, he's letting go, right? I think there is some, like, we, I think we have to come to some realization that he is slowly letting go and just letting guys do things. Like this is a whole new front office. And I'm not saying Dolan's like the greatest guy out there, but he's like, we're see- we're seeing this, right? We're seeing some sort of change. So let's like embrace it for a little bit. And we still have to wait for it to play out to really see if this is a true leaf turning for Dolan. But so far, it's pointing in the right direction. But the one thing I want to add on to this that Dolan is shelling out money for is development. Okay, and this is something that was brought up um, not too long ago, which was the Knicks had the smallest developmental staff 
for players in the league. They were dead last. I think if I'm speaking correctly, it was like six guys, including Robinson, Michelle Obama's brother. <laughs> and like, that's terrifying just to think about it. Just six guys for a roster that contains between 12 to 15 people. You're talking I mean, we've, about. We've never trusted our scouts. We've never trusted our front office to make any right decision. Not at all. And so that's something we have to take with this as well is that we're actually investing into development. And if we got the guy from Kentucky and Kentucky is like pretty much the NBA level of like college, right? It's either Duke, Kentucky. uh, Those are like the top two schools you think of when it comes to um, when it comes to college basketball. Right. And if we got the guy who helped develop Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Devin Booker, uh, you name it. Right. He did it. And yeah, and, and and it's important, and he's not just a. Tra- and I know we're enamored by the superstars. I get it. We love the NBA players. We're from New York, like we want these big players. But it also, it's really it becomes really attractive to players who are maybe looking for a boost in their career, a transition in their career. Could actually make something happen with the Knicks. Like for example, Cully Stein. You know, he's going to be a free agent this year, and. I mean, I'm I'm going to be zero percent surprised if he ends up signing with the Knicks. I actually think like, and we're going to discuss this uh, next week episode when we discuss free agents and uh, trades. But you know, I actually think Willie Cauley Stein is a legitimate free agent that will probably come here on like a one two year deal that we're not going to lock up for that long on like a very team friendly deal. But yeah, no, this definitely does help. And before we transition to like connections that I know you want to go into, keep in mind with this: Kenny Payne was making recorded by Mike Parkinoff of The Athletic. He was making 900 k for Kentucky this past year. Rumors from Bondi is that he's going to be getting paid 1.5 mil. We're paying a guy 1.5 mil as an assistant coach for development. Development. That's Dolan. That, that's the one thing I, I'll have to say is that this man will spend money if he hears and like you present him with the right situation. So we're doing it. But yeah, he'll pay every coach. He doesn't matter. He'll fire him, pay him. He'll keep paying. He'll pay your assistance. Until he gets it right, man. Until he gets it right. <laughs> yeah. But I think you were going with uh, potential connections with pain, right? That's where you were leading up to? Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, I won't get too ahead of ourselves, but it just ex- it just excites me that there's there are players that are even in the ACC that would, you know, potentially – uh, I, I just feel like fit the mold of of the Knicks. I know that we are so set on like the CAA in Kentucky now, but I think that it's also going to attract other players. Like I, I don't think it's going to be you know uh, super you know stuck in its own way. Like I, I think that someone like a Brandon Ingram eventually. I know you know it's a long shot, but someone like that could like look at our team eventually and see something with it. But I know we're going to get into the free agent stuff. Um, at a, at a different time. Yeah. So I think with like the potential connections, right. And this is where I, like me personally, I get tired with it where it's like, you know, we had reporters, I'm not going to say any names, but <laughs> saw someone from, uh, from a certain publication uh, say that this is just another Knicks hire trying to attract big free agents. And, you know, I, I just like, I, I just like when the Knicks do it, like when Jason Kidd rumors and it's like, we're going to try to get Giannis. And it's like, if you want to hire a kid because you actually thought he was a decent coach and with the probability of getting Giannis, sure. Kid's not my top hire, but I get the, I get the thought process. If you actually think he's the guy to coach with pain, we have 
a lot of reports saying that this guy is the developmental guy. Like we have, we have these guys in the NBA that are having careers, various ranges of success, but they're in the NBA regardless. And so when I start seeing tweets saying that the Knicks are doing it again and trying to bring up free, trying to attract free agents like Anthony Davis or Carl Anthony Towns, it, to me, it's annoying because I think it's just lazy to actually do the reporting where it's like, okay, did you actually look this guy's resume? Did you, do you know anything about college basketball? Did you, did you even dive into uh, what Payne's history was at Kentucky and who he is? No, but you wanted to say that this is a free agent move. Okay, cool. Thanks. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's easy. It's easy to throw up the layup for the Knicks to, oh, here's a connection. Here's a connection. Here's a connection. And if we, you know, miss the dunk of, you know, you know, apparently like getting a superstar to come to the Knicks on a max contract is like a slam dunk because we're in New York. Right. So they throwing on this alley-oop like, oh, you got this guy, which means this. And if, if we don't deliver on said superstar, we become a failure before we even started the ball game, before we even start the season. You know what I mean? And so that's, I guess, the, the, little, the little tornado twister that you're in when you talk about the New York media and kind of what you have to put up with. Absolutely. And it's like, I get it, but it's just like at the same time, like if you're, if you're a reporter, right, isn't there some integrity to just saying like, hey, let me do my research first before I just start like, blasting out like hey man it's all about the knicks for clicks man it's all about the knicks for clicks this is knicks for clicks and this is where it gets tiring where it's like you know you're trying to it's it's like making us feel like ultimate homers where it's like oh my god we should be excited for a guy who actually knows what he's doing as a coach and it's just like no you guys are just excited that it's a free agent it's like oh not really it's like you know does it make it more likely now that maybe carl anthony towns who I don't think would come here because of like his Tibbs relationship, but Hey, you know, that could change. Um, I don't, I still don't think it's that likely, but you know, there's now a bigger chance because if his connection with pain is, and he understands the relationship with pain and, you know, if he's like, you know what, I have my best years under Tibbs, why not give it another shot? Hey, why not? But this guy is like, this guy's a connector. Like he, 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 he builds relationships. And that's the key theme that we see throughout this entire front office is building relationships, right? From Leon Rose down, we just know one thing is for sure. Relationships matter and how you treat people matters. And so I, I have to give kudos for that. It seems like the message is being uh, transferred from the top down to this point. So, Yeah, I definitely agree. And for the first time in a long time, it feels like the New York Knicks have a plan uh, in the front office. So it's definitely good. But speaking on that point, do you think that, I mean, uh, the Knicks for clicks has been going crazy, especially in the bubble and especially players who have been connected in any way, shape or form to the Knicks. Right. Mm-hmm. So do you, so recently Michael Porter jr has been going off in the NBA bubble and there's been some criticism about how the Knicks should have drafted him. Cause as you remember, he, he went out to number 14 due to that back-related injury, took the whole year off to prepare. And now he came back for the bubble after, again, being injured. And he's been doing all right. So, of course, the Knicks now get slandered and say, oh, how can you skip on Michael Porter Jr.? You were supposed to draft him. So what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, this, 
you know, <sighs> I don't blame the Knicks. First of all, this is just like this is just another this is just another spin on the Knicks. You know, in air quotes missing out or not doing their due diligence or drafting the wrong player. And I guess we can go further into depth about Knox's development after this, because this is where it really comes in. We, it, the Michael Porter Jr. comments are only coming up because Knox has not been the player that people wanted him to be these past two seasons. So let's touch on Michael Porter Jr. first. I don't, I don't disagree with the Knicks passing on him. I believe 14 other teams passed on him. <laughs> You know, like he he didn't give out his medical reports to any team until like close to draft day. I think except so, for the Bulls. Yeah, the Bulls were like the last team <laughs> because he thought he was going to go to the Bulls and the Bulls were just like, nope, yeah, not taking the chance. And let's be real. If the Knicks drafted Michael Porter Jr., what would what would well, the New York media do? Well, think day? about it. We don't, we don't even have to speak in hypothetical, right? Because Michael Porter missed the entire year, okay? And then this year he barely played before the bubble, Right. So the Knicks would have been the same exact position. So he wouldn't have been playing in this bubble at all. So it would have been two years off of a rookie contract. But Michael Porter Jr., knowing of his back injuries, not having played for two years. And then we have a whole new front office coming in. So instead of us even talking about young Kevin Knox and, you know, his development as a player, we'd be talking about how incompetent the Knicks are at drafting, how Michael Porter Jr. has never gotten a minute of burn on our team. You know what yep. I mean? So I, I do think hindsight is 2020 but even in this case i don't even i'm not even that i'm not even that impressed i loved michael porter jr in college right i was a huge fan like i, I was really excited for him to you know come and murder it in college I, I i'll admit like staring at the you know during the lottery i was like i wouldn't be you know too upset if michael porter jr came you know he's a good basketball player and he shows it on the court when he's available but, but you're but you're a rational fan who's like i'll wait the two years and see what happens but I don't know if I would be like that, though. I don't know if I, I – I think that if he was on my team right yeah. now with two years off, I'd be, you know, in, like, furious right now. Do you, th- I'd be do like, you think so? Yeah. Th- imagine we never saw a play of Kevin Knox. Imagine right now you're sitting here and Kevin Knox still hasn't shot the ball. I guess you're right in that, in, in that sense because what the Knicks needed at the time, we were still a re- <laughs> we're a rebuilding team, right? So we can't, we can't take on a project – which we've been doing, right? We can't we can't take on a project that we will then never it's a see. Different, right? It's a different type of project. The project of Kevin Knox is to develop him into, you know, a better IQ and more confident basketball player. The project with Michael Porter Jr. is to get him on the floor because his back may or may not work. And I mean, like, that's just, that's just a scenario yeah. that the Knicks cannot get themselves into. For sure. And saying that the Knicks missed on Michael Porter Jr. from just bubble games is – to me, just blasphemous. It's like, wow, we're really going to judge a quarter of this kid's career and then say the Knicks missed out. Hey, guess what? He had back surgery. That's the biggest issue in basketball for a big is back surgery. If I were the Knicks and I was rebuilding, I would not take someone who needed back surgery at the age of 18 because you don't know what that can translate into later down the road. What if he, the Knicks didn't have the, the room to, you know, let this work out? We needed someone who could come in, play, and, and just we could see what we have and work with them or, or not, right? If you take Michael Porter Jr., that's two years of the contract or, or a year and like 75, uh, 75 cents. And like, 
of not seeing what this kid can do. Are you then going to say that you're going to be okay with the remaining two years to then make that final judgment to be like, uh, is he worth it or not? Because then you're going to have to give him a contract extension, which I don't even know how much the money would be. But at the same time, like we're going to draft Michael Porter Jr. when KP was out on an ACL tear. So then we're going to lose two guys that came and play. And we're just going to be rolling out who? Emmanuel Moutier and... Oh, the only KP we acknowledge is Kenny Payne. Let's just let's just talk. Let's just end this right now. There's no more. That's a fact. <laughs> That's a fact. Seal of approval right here. I, I appreciate it. Uh, the artist, yeah, for, the artist formerly known as KP. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was on. He had an ACL tear, right? So you're going to tell me we're going to have two guys now on <laughs> on reserve, rehabbing on rookie deals and, on rookie deals, and now we're going to roll out at the time Emmanuel Moutier. Frank Nilakina, Damian Dodson. And this is not saying like, I don't like any of those players, but were you ready to roll out all these guys with Kyle Quinn and all these other dudes and just be like, all right, let's see what we got. Or like, was, no, I don't think O'Quinn was on the team that year. No, he wasn't on the team. Uh, it was, Von, uh, we had Vonway. Vonway, Mario Hazonia. Are you going to be okay with, with all those guys and just missing out? No, Nick Sands would be pissed. He would be like up in arms, be like, why would you draft another guy? This guy to be on the bench. It's like, come on. This makes no sense. It just makes no sense in this type of argument. And he's only played so few games. Like before, like, and I'm, I hope he has like a healthy, long career. I'm not wishing anything bad upon him. But if he gets hurt tomorrow because of his back, how silly is that? He's going to look. Yeah, we I mean, well, well, they'll, they'll never, they'll never say the Knicks may. Then they'll never put the Knicks in an optimistic viewpoint. So it doesn't matter, even if he did get injured tomorrow. Which, for, of course, we hope doesn't happen. And he's also – he's been killing the bubble. I mean, he's, he been, do, he's been doing well. And for the Nuggets, they had the chance to do it. They, like, look, they had all the guys to, like, let him, like, rest and rehab because they still had a good team. Like, they still had a good team. Like, you have Gary Harris. You have um, you have Jamal Murray. You have the Joker, right? You have Plumley. You have all these dudes who are, like, good at their roles and they can play. And you can now, like – have that chance to say, you know what? Rest, rest, Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> you, we can handle this without you. And then when you do come back, and if we can use you, and they also had Malik Be- uh, Beasley too. Mm-hmm. So like, they had a lot of guys that could, they could rely on. And if like Porter Jr. didn't work out, it's like, well, we tried at least whatever, and no one's going to complain. If it was with the Knicks though, and we waste that pick, and that then it's like, oh well, now we got to do it all over again. We got to go find somebody. So it just didn't work out, man. It, we weren't the team, and you know what? Guess what? He could still come here. He could still come here if he really wanted to. Like he's a rookie. It's not like we lost anything. Like we, we could, like you know, I don't know the odds of him coming in free agency, but I mean, he'll probably end up going to Chicago if they're uh, if they're alive. Obviously, yeah, that was like, his uh, preseason but, pick. But if we're trending upwards, right? If sure, we can always number, sign someone. We can yeah. always sign somebody, and like, come on, let's not let's not be too crazy over here. I don't I don't find it, but the the real crux of it is that you know Kevin Knox's development, which is what brought this thing up, and so you know we touched on it a little bit in the beginning with like Kenny Payne coming back, and I think people in general just need to be relaxed about Kevin Knox. You know, what I mean, he's a, he's a rookie. We got him for three, maybe four years. And we're going to see what happens with him. And this is the only reason why Michael Porter Jr. is being brought up is because Kevin Knox hasn't developed. He took a step back this year. I agree with that. And, you know, if he was killing it or just being, like, competent, if he was just, like, average, like, just a regular role player, we're not having this conversation. 
I think, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I agree with that. And for me, I just see like he he just needs time. He just needs time to develop. What do you think about? It? Do you think do you think Kevin Knox is gonna? What, what do you think about Kevin Knox? Are you like, yeah, are you, yeah, are you upset I'm, with it? No, no, no. I'm I'm I'm. I mean, I'm not ecstatic about Knox's development thus far. I also don't necessarily think it's all his fault. I don't think that he was put in the position to succeed. I mean, his shot did look okay in the beginning of last year. And then all of a sudden, he could not hit an ocean all of a sudden. You know what I mean? So, so something was off. You know, maybe what the way it was, wasn't, you know, going to his game. Maybe something wasn't going on with him and the coaches, with confidence. Something wasn't right. And now there, there's just no more excuses. Like, everybody's in place. And that's what I'm really happy about. And as you mentioned with the scouts – and with the impending NBA lottery coming in exactly eight days, you know, the virtual NBA lottery, you know, breathing down our necks. You know what I mean? Um, that, that's why Michael Porter Jr. is coming up. You're totally right because we failed. You know, Kevin Knox hasn't produced the way everybody thought he would coming out of Kentucky, you know, a blue mm-hmm. blood program. And so we're just really excited about this NBA lottery coming up and the magic number for the Knicks, you know, Nine percent. That's where we're sitting. That number nine. Nine percent. Yeah, that's where we are. For sure. Yeah. Like we're waiting. We're like, we'll t- we'll touch on the draft like more. I-, I I guess before we touch on the draft, I just want to say this about Kevin Knox, is that with his development is, you know, I wrote about this a while back for Hoops Habit. Shameless plug. Um, he needs time, right? Coaching this year, Fizdale put him in wrong position to give him the chance to succeed. He was switched like, just just couldn't. Right, whether it was playing him at the two, playing him at the three against more agile uh, small forwards or more wings, whatever you want to call them, he just couldn't keep up. Maybe you put him with the second unit, play him at the four a little bit more, play him against like lesser guys that you can actually keep up with. You do those type of things. At the same time, his minutes reduced from being thirty plus minutes to seventeen minutes. That's a that's a cut, man. It's a huge cut. And then on top you of think that, he was more uncomfortable on defense. I don't know if he was uncomfortable on defense. His thing is that he loses focus on, on help defense. He's focused on the guy. He's focused on ball. He's, he's okay to find off ball. It's where it's more concerning because he'll lose his guy. The guy will just do a backdoor cut for an easy. I can literally see. Thank God you said that. I can literally see right now someone getting a backdoor cut on, on Knox. I literally, as he said that. And it's like, that's, that's just where it is. And that's more just focus. And I think for him, it is, it comes with confidence too, right? When he doesn't feel, when he doesn't have like his flow going where he's like making the dunks or making the shots, he comes back on defense and, you know, he has to it's, – it's this warning process where it's like you're not going to hit it every single night. And being a sophomore in the league, it's very tough, man. And so if you're not, if you're not feeling it, do the next best thing, which is lock in on defense. If you're not hitting on offense, you got to lock in on defense. That's one of the things like people credited like RJ for this year. It's like when he wasn't getting on offense, the dude was still getting rebounds and he was still playing defense. And so that's what Knox needed to do just to build up his confidence and just know he had to let the game come to himself. I feel like he, he forced a lot of things at the same time. But I also feel that – you know, between Fisdale, I don't know if Miller did, but Fisdale was like asking him to be more of like a three and D catch and shoot type of guy. And he's more of a, he's more of a cutter. He can do more baseline stuff. And he wasn't really getting all that type of action. He needs a point guard. He need, but he also needs a point guard to be doing that. That's and what it like, sounds like. I mean, that's what it sounds like. Everything you're saying is we, we need a point. But we need some, he needs, he, he doesn't create is what you, is what you, is what I'm catching from you. 
Not yet, at least. Yeah. You know, he, not, not yet. And maybe he, I'm not looking for him to be like the playmaker. He's a guy who has to be in motion, uh, moving, getting around to get open. Uh, that's his type. That's his game. His game is not necessarily to be the initiator. His game is to be, you know, be getting in rhythm. You know, you got to get him moving to the, towards the basket. You got to get him moving off screens. You got to have him doing all these things, maybe setting the screen and doing a pick and pop, you know, maybe a dribble handoff, you know, someone doing it for him to get him going. And that's not what we were doing for him. And the guy that, re- that just comes to mind when I was thinking, when I was thinking, when I think of Kevin Knox and two totally different skill levels, two totally different like outlooks is Brandon Ingram. And I'm not saying Kevin Knox is going to be Brandon Ingram. I think that's a large ask. Because Brandon Ingram, when he came to the league, everyone was like, yo, this is the next KD. And that was even like a big, big ass from like a yeah, that, that comparison makes more sense in my head. He's, he, he does feel like a poor man's KD. Um, he can go for, off. For Ingram? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But like Ingram, like when he came into the league, he had a lot of minutes. He was defensively abysmal sometimes. Just like he was doing the same thing. Couldn't stay focused. You'd get backdoor cuts, you know. He was fine on ball, off ball was like his biggest issue. And when he wasn't feeling it, he wasn't feeling it. And it's just like the entire game, it just collapsed. And that's the same thing with Knox. But you know what? You got to let guys work through it. And the thing is, like, we didn't let Knox work through it. We gave – he had such a short leash this past season that we couldn't even let him see him work through it. Instead, we had to watch, you know, Bobby Portis <laughs> out there taking more minutes. Or, like, he even was on the court with Bobby Portis. But, like, even still, like – we had Marcus Morris when he was here, Julius Randle playing a lot of the four. We had a lot of guys playing the four, too. And I think Knox probably would be best in at the four for, like, a small ball lineup. No, 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 more, like, more fast-paced action. He could play the three, too. But, you know, three and four, he's a good swing to, to uh, swing to power forward type action, depending on the matchup. It's all about the matchup. Um, all right, fine. But how about RJ? Where does RJ fit here? Oh, Our RJ. new rookie. Yeah, like, you know, like with Kenny Payne, these Kentucky boys, and Kevin Knox's development. And let's, I guess, let's throw in the centers and maybe, you know, Frank and the point guard mess, you know, let's call it, or the lack of a leader point guard. Um, where do you think this, you know, puts RJ? Because I hate RJ running the floor, to be honest with you. I hate him being the point guard. I don't think he should be the point guard. I, yeah, think I really he, like him being shooting guard. So, but where do you think that RJ fits in this? Because no, so, right, so so wait, wait, wait. So like, so I guess if you're asking me where I see like RJ and all these guys fitting in, like ideally for me, I'd like to see RJ at the three. Um, I will tell you this though: RJ also does need to play make. I think for him to be a true focal point of this team moving forward, he does need to be a playmaker, and he showed glimpses of that this uh his rookie season but he needs to he just needs to do there's more work that he needs to do uh to improve as a player and playmaking is definitely one of them you know whether it's also like strengthening the use of his right hand being able to finish a little bit more efficiently uh and definitely developing a three-point shot um there's a lot of stuff that rj needs to do and i would rather see him at the three i think he'd be a good at the three the two i feel like there's gonna be like not saying that he's not athletic and he's not strong enough to keep up with uh Shooting guards, I feel like for him, he can get – there's going to be some mismatches. Like if you're going to have him guarding like a Bradley Beal. That's an issue. That's an issue. If you're going to tell me like maybe like, I don't know, maybe even DeMar DeRozan, that, that might even be – But I feel like they're issue. small forwards. I feel like they're playing the same position though. He's just younger and smaller. Honestly, but you know, you know what my issue is? I, I feel like he just doesn't – I don't want to – I want to use the right word here, but I, I don't know if he meshes right with Kevin Knox. On the I floor. 
I think that him and Kevin Knox on the floor makes it crowded and they both have really the same skill set and having them both together is really just one on each wing, pass it to one, tries to ISO, doesn't work, swing it, you know, if it reaches back and you swing it back to, you know, the other spot. And I don't really think that they play well together, to be honest with you. And I think we saw that a lot last year. See, I actually kind of like disagree with that and there was very few times they got to play together because RJ was really with like the starting unit but um I actually think their skill sets are completely different with regard like Knox is a way better shooter like even the beginning of the season like he was knocking it down like beginning of the season Kevin Knox was unreal and even almost preseason he was like he was on fire and that's what was bothering me yeah summer league beginning of the season that dude could not miss and that like, and it was beautiful. It was arc. It was like you know, nice arc. Like coming in droplets. Like it was. It was looked beautiful the whole time, and we were excited about it. So I think because Knox is a Knox is a better shooter. That's that's definitely, that's, that's for sure. That's definitely. for sure. And that's where actually he helps out. RJ is to space the floor, right? And especially if you. So this is this is this like kind of like small ball crazy lineup. I'm thinking it's like if you have, um, if you have like uh, whoever a point guard may be. Right. And Let's whoever, go, Frank. But I know we have yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. we. I know we have different. We know we have different. Let's uh, not. Let's people like, next week coming. So yeah. <laughs> uh, so like, well, it's the lottery. We don't know who yet, but we'll see. That will determine who the you know. We have a lottery. We got some. We got some free agent. So we got some trades brewing up. So let's leave the point guard position hypothetically open. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's say we have a decent shooting. Let's put Reggie Bull because I think he's still be on the team at the two. You move RJ over at the three. You have uh, you have Knox at the four. You have Mitch at the five. Or let's say you just want to go whole. Let's just say you want to have like a whole. That just feels like a no defense. But you know, and no offense in that. In that. In that. But, like, but I just don't, don't see any any efficiency right, so then, on either side of the floor. So let's have like, and I don't. This would never be like a reality starting lineup, but yeah. Let's just say, let's just let's let's just use all the young guys, right? Let's just let's actually just use all the young guys. Sure. We got Frank at point. We got RJ at the actually, but if, if RJ is going to stay with the starting unit, right? Because what we saw this past season, we had Frank, Dotson, or whatever shooting guard. Uh, I prefer Dotson. Mm-hmm. Um, you then had Knox, Portis, and Mitch, right? That was actually our best offensive lineup that we had which is that crazy. hurts man that really hurts listening but, to but it, they it, the the offensive numbers jumped because yeah. with the with the starting lineup the average points per game were like 106 and then with that unit the second unit was like up to a hub uh 111 you know that's a big jump that's a big jump on the average um so you know the reason be- being is that you have dotson knox portis who can all shoot and even mm-hmm. like frank with his corner threes frank was actually i was shocked when i found this out Frank is like shooting them down at like 52%. That's crazy. I know from a corner from corner, man, that's wild. Um, So when you have guys, who can open up the floor that works. And let's just say, let's, let's play the game where we just now tweak that right now. Let's say we take, let's say we take out Bobby Porce and put Knox with RJ in that lineup, right? That like RJ can play bully ball in the paint, man. He's not afraid. He can get down there. I mean, honestly, I appreciate your optimism. I appreciate your optimism, but that's a small ball lineup. It's not a starting starting unit. I know, but like that lineup in versus any squad right now in the bubble. You know what I'm saying? Like just in the bubble. You know know what I'm trying to say? Like in the night, these aren't playoff teams. Like normal, even the Kings. 
Like that lineup against the Kings, I think that we will get smoked. And that's my that's my that's like that's my honest um, opinion there because there's just no there's no feel for the game. Even if they're individually skilled, as usually happens with the Knicks, believe it or not, when we do have individually skilled players, there's just no cohesiveness. And of course, that's going to change with Tibbs on the defense. And of course, that's hopefully going to change with the offense, where again, there's a whole chemistry build, but. That lineup that you're talking about, man, that's what scares me. And and that optimism with that lineup is what bugs me with with Knicks Nation. You know, with you know, with the Knicks <laughs> fan base. Like, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like, what is what are we doing with you tell me I, I love Dotson. I love Frank. You know, I love RJ. You know, Kevin Ox is cool. You know, <laughs> like I don't love him, but I think you could I think you could develop. But like, don't put them in the lineup together. Like, like Kevin Knox could fit. You know what, Kevin Knox is a good fit, honest to God, and like on like the Nets, where like he has a real squad and he could just he, he could just like fit in, or you know where RJ would fit on like Toronto, or you know, uh, or on like San Antonio, where he could like just like fit. But you're putting all these guys together and asking them to defend a squad, like defend a an entire NBA team, like how? You know what I mean? And that's what happens. Who's gonna get a rebound? Who on this team is gonna get a rebound? Bobby Portis. You know, every you just line everyone on that up. Like all I see is all those people driving down Frank dribbling down the court. Kevin Knox on one edge, right? RJ Barrett on the other edge. Like Mitchell Robinson, either also like at the top of the key or like just like waiting to set us pick and pop. You know what I mean? Like that's not a team. And so like that, and that's that's really at the end of the day, what I'm excited for when it comes to Kenny Payne, when it comes to Tibbs. When it comes to hopefully veterans on this team, like real veterans, mm-hmm. which we'll get to next week, but we we just we can't have this. We can't have R.J. Barrett, Frank, Kevin Knox, Dotson, Robinson on the floor and expect to win basketball games. That's a tank team, you know. What I mean, that's a development. We're going to develop our players and we're going to tank. You know what I mean? And and we just have to move on from that notion. I hear you on that. Um, and I'm just saying that's like a second unit and usually like your second unit is like, I mean, it's a second unit for a reason, right? Um, I'm just talking about if you want to go small ball, right? You mix and match some of these guys based on teams. I'm not saying that's a team that I would necessarily want to see out there all the time, depending on the matchup, you know, if we're having like the Lakers starting lineup, I would not throw that lineup out there to see them get creamed or if we're going against the Bucks, I would not throw that lineup there to watch Giannis just go manhandle everybody. Um, no, but it's just like you think of like these lineups and like what's what can you be creative to get to find mismatches and to score, you know, think about um, and I, I know this is going to like try turn some people off when I say this, but when we think about the lineup of death right for the Warriors. Right. And I'm not saying, you know, we have that talent. That's not what I'm saying. But you use the skill sets that you have on the team in a different manner, right? We had, you, you would see like Draymond Green or Kevin Durant put interchangeable. It was like the, the bigs. And then you have, uh, you have what's Curry, Clay, and Igudala out there. And that's just like, you're not, you don't, you effectively don't have a center really. Like, yeah, Katie's seven feet tall, but like he's not banging down low with a lot of the guys. Draymond Green can, but he's on the smaller end of like a big. So, you know, you just try to figure out a mix and match. And, like, if you're opening up the floor for everybody, which I think that lineup would kind of do, this is all obviously, like, 
Yeah, I don't want to get better at shots, but I don't want to replicate Golden State though. That's not what I want here. Honestly, I mean, I I know, I know they're they're like the pretty girl. I I get it. Like they're you know, like I totally get. It. It's beautiful to watch. You know what I mean? It's aesthetically pleasing. Like they win championships. I get it. But like it, it's not the formula for everyone. Okay, no, we don't no. have we don't have the Splash Brothers. Like we don't have that. That's insane. You know what I mean? Like that's just out of the ordinary. But honestly, what I really hope to build is a Toronto, is a Milwaukee. You know but what I mean? The, but even those teams, right, they're doing the same thing that we're talking about here, which is mixing mix like mixing up lineups, right? So you could have like a Pascal Siakam with an OG Ananobi with uh, Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry, and you could even add in um, – oh, my God, I'm, I'm forgetting his name. Um, I just want to live in the mid-range. Uh, but, 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 but regardless – I just want to live like, in the mid-range. I just want to live in the – I don't want to shoot threes. I don't want to try to like play old-school basketball like – pop it into Mitchell Robinson or, you know, and like try to do these weird things or play ISO ball. Like I just want to live in the mid range. Like let's set a couple screens. Let's do, let's pull up from, you know, like, like pull up rip Hamilton, like, no, like, like shots Man. all, all day long. The that's, analytic, what, that's what we need. The analytic nerds hate you right now. That's not true though. That's not true though. Cause the mid, like we actually, if you watch basketball, Kevin Durant lives in the mid range. You know oh, what I'm saying? Well, well, I'm, I'm all these an, players, I'm all these players a, live in the mid range. I'm not an analytic nerd. Yeah, I'm, just I'm just saying, saying, like, I'm just saying like, like, cause like there's the, there's the complete like far end reach of like the Houston Rockets of just like only shooting threes or you have like a good balance, like Toronto did like last year and even this year. Right. And that's kind of what you got to find. Like the mid range is still important. Portland uses it all the time. It's like, you're taking the best shot available and if the best shots in mid range, take it. You're still opening up the floor if you take it, but take it. You got to mix and match whether it's driving mid range and so forth. But you know, yeah, I, 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 I don't want to beat a dead horse. I'm just saying that I'd like to see some like mismatching, mismatching lineups. Um, but I know you want to talk about the lottery a little bit more, right? So what well, do you feel? I mean, I, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm just so excited. I mean, this is our, unfortunately, our playoffs every single year, right? Is the NBA lottery, right? <laughs> so, of course, I'm excited about the lottery. Um, we have a 9% Christmas. chance. Christmas. Yeah, it's so sad, man. That's what that's what like and and that's like and that's why I I know you think I'm anxious to talk about the, the lottery, but that's all like I just you know like the matrix where it's just like numbers coming down the screen. That's all I see when you talk to me about those kind of lineups. I just see the lottery. I just see the NBA lottery just <laughs> flashing from my eyes. So like that's what that you know. So uh, we had the nine percent chance of getting the the first pick. I think we have about like a thirty seven percent chance of getting top four. And I know you hit it on the head. We need a point guard, man. We need a point guard. So, but we have a million. And and like, and I guess it's just like the saying goes in the NFL, if you have more than one quarterback, you have no quarterback. And I, I feel like that's what we have at point guard. We we have more than one point guard, which means we don't have a point guard. You know who has one point guard? The Blazers. You know who has one point guard? You know what I'm saying? Houston. You know, everybody has one point guard and they're good to go. Um, I agree. Uh, you know, I would ask you what number do you think we're going to get, but I don't want to put that energy out there. I'd rather be. No, yeah, no. I mean, by I'll the time say we, this. I will know. say, I'll say this though. The Liberty. Yes. And the Rangers. Dolan, the Dolan got, owned Rangers. Got the number one picks this year. Both those teams. Please. Did you see the Rangers? Did you Please. see the Rangers ball? No, I didn't. Oh man. That it was. They like showed a live 
of the of the Rangers ball like getting sucked up into the Oh, machine. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Dude, that's man. crazy. It was close. It was really close. It like didn't like pop one over and just like go uh, that was crazy. It was too much. It was too much, but I don't know if I can handle that type of anxiety, but just to okay. touch on of course we all want the number 1 pick, but let's just stay with the top 4. We have a, we have a 37% chance of getting the top 4, so let's just hang out in, in you know in that area for a second. Um, just for a little bit of optimism, the Knicks do have a 2% better chance of getting the number one pick than the Pelicans did last year. Just, you know, I, they did switch up the odds. So there is hope out there. But for me, I need a point guard. And there's really only a couple ones that scream at me. But let me ask you, Alex, which one or two players do you need? to get out of this draft. Like, do you absolutely, because I know last lottery, we needed a top three pick. No questions asked. We needed a, we needed a top three last year. We We got got number three. We sneak, just sneaked by. So for this year, how's it looking for you? Cause I know we need a guard, but I know that there's some other positions that are, you know, floating at the top of the leaderboards right now. So ideally, right. We would get like Lamella ball or Killian Hayes. I like those two guys a lot. Um, I'd probably go with Lamelo Ball first, just because of his passing, his feel for the game, uh, his ability to score without a true jumper is just phenomenal. Um, and you know, there's hope and optimism that he can create a jumper and that he can, you know, be a little bit better on defense than what he was in the NBL. Uh, part of me, like, I feel like it's like a dirty little secret I have, where it's just kind of like, you know, like where it's just kind of like you say what everyone wants to hear, which is Lamelo Ball, but deep down inside, it's like I think I like Killian Hayes more, and I feel like that's partly true inside of me because I do like that he's a shooter, and he he does have like that type, he does have that similar type of style to like D'Angelo Russell, but with a a bigger body, um, and he's able to take more contact than D'Lo does. So I I do like Killian Killian Hayes too, and I wouldn't be upset with Killian Hayes. Uh, I know people are off on French players right now due to a certain <laughs> French player, but I, I like those Frank. two. I, yeah, I like Frank too, man. Uh, I'm part of the Frank Hive. Yeah. Um, but what about Cole Anthony? Does he does, does he do anything for you? If we're like around ten, I'm fine with Cole Anthony. He's got a good jumper, you know. I so spoke- you're not jumping off the cliff. You're not jumping off the cliff if 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 we're you know out of the top five. Here's the thing. This draft is like, it's so, it's so difficult to figure out who's there's not really like a consensus overall, overall one, number one overall pick like last year where it's like, it's Zion. And then you know who the number two is, which is jaw. I I mean, there's so many good, like most of these guys are going to be role players. And I think that's where we have to look at this draft as it's a good role player league. Uh, I mean, role player draft. Um, For me, I like, I'd be thrilled to get LaMelo or Killian, I wouldn't be upset getting Cole. You know, I spoke about it uh, on uh, Hoops Addicts Anonymous when we did, like, the, you know, our drafts of, like, ranking players. And Cole Anthony was around 10 for me. You know, if we're in that range, I wouldn't mind taking Cole. I probably would choose Kara Lewis out of Alabama, though. I like his style of play. I'm actually, I've, he's actually grown on me a lot more because of his elite speed. He has like that De'Aaron Fox type of speed. Speed kills in the NBA. He's good on the. Uh, he is really good on defense. He just knows how to get into the lane and steal passes. And I'm just thinking about him in a Tibbs system. Man, 
And he can work off the pick and roll too, man. He can just attack. The, he can attack very well. I would be happy with that too. So this is like, I know everyone's like saying that maybe we got, we have to trade up to get Lamelo ball, but this is not that draft that you want to trade up. I'm sorry. This is not the draft where you want to give up assets to trade up. I like Lamelo ball. I think he's going to be very good in the league, but I don't think he's that transcendent player where you have to make that type of move. If it was next year, which I know, I don't know everyone in 2021 drafts. I'm not that far ahead. That's the draft that everyone talks about. That's the draft. So I'd rather keep assets for that draft and just take whoever can, you know, whether it's taking a, a, a vassal who's a good uh, wing player, who's a good three and D player. I'd be fine with that too. You know, this is just a good role player draft. Well, how are you feeling about it though? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely see what you're saying, and I kind of agree with you. Uh, I mean, I definitely agree with you on the point where we definitely should not trade up. But I don't know if I'm totally with you on the it's all role players. Um, I do know our entire view is very skewed because of college basketball, right? And yeah. we didn't get, you know, and, and so th- what I was trying to hit on earlier in the episode was that's why I'm so excited about our front office. I feel like we finally have adults in the room that know what they're doing, and I finally have some confidence in them. So I don't think they would trade up for someone like LaMelo Ball. I do hope we get LaMelo Ball, okay? But I, I don't think if we, let's say, were number four, number five, we would trade up for LaMelo. Because I do think there's a lot of point guards that maybe NBA Twitter hasn't heard of, right? Like I do think there's RJ Hampton, you know, who, who also played in New Zealand, who's a beast. I, I would love to have him. On our team, I think he played amazing. I think there's that kid from Iowa State who was a beast. Oh, Tyrese Halliburton. I like Halliburton. Yeah, yeah, he's a beast. He's a be- he was. The- he- I think he's probably the best passer out of he, the draft. He's definitely. A- he's not flashy. He's definitely a solid all around point guard. I-, it- I I like him. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be. You know, I wouldn't be upset with these guys. But then, like in the you know the quote unquote trading up, you know, crew <laughs> that you know everyone is telling oh, you got to trade up for Lamelo. They've probably never heard of Obi Toppin. You know what I mean? Other teams don't need a point guard. They're going to get Obi. They're going to get James Wiseman. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know how the lottery, can drop. We'll know next week how the lottery, with the lottery shaking out, if we have a good chance to get LaMelo Ball. Because there's a good chance, I think, three or four he will drop, depending on the team. That, like, if I think if the Cavs are like first, unless they're that crazy to go with a third point guard and third year. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows about the Cavs will draft? Outside LeBron, they really have a. Hit the nail out of the park. Yeah, I don't know. It's that Kyrie. Yeah, that that's easy. long. That's long ago. That was <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I guess the whole point is, I don't think it's Lamelo or uh, or bust. Uh, I agree. In the draft and a point guard, and I don't, I don't even think it's going to be Killian Hayes or bust. I think there's a lot of point guards who could really make a move uh, for the Knicks next year. Yeah, and I'll- I'm really excited to get a top four pick. I do think. My prediction right now is we'll get a top four pick. What do you think? I don't know, man. I don't want to put that energy out there. I know, I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm going top four. I'm going top four. I'll, I'll leave it out there for you, for you to put that energy out there. Yeah, I'm going. I'm top not. Four. I'm not that. I, I, I can't. I know. I feel you. I can't. I can't do. Trust that. me, I feel you. Because I, I, if I'm going to be realistic, you're not going to be like, like my realistic. Guy, okay. So. Yeah. Let's let's let, let's keep the good energy out here. Um. Yeah. But I'll say this before you go. Check out Kara Lewis. You'll see what I'm talking about. I, I'm. He's really climbing up on like I gotta do my homework. Do it, man. Like seriously, like just check him out. Um, I will. But you know what? That's enough Knicks talk for today. So, John, let's go on 
into the et cetera. But before, we get, but before we get into our et cetera, let's have a word from our sponsor. All right, welcome back, everyone. And for today's et cetera, we are going to delve deep into the NBA bubble awards. First of all, Alex, how have you been liking this NBA bubble so far? How have I been liking this NBA bubble so far? I don't think I've been liking it. I've been loving it, man. Let's let's be real. I just I just happy to have basketball back. It is, uh, but they got it right. They got it right. The NBA did it right. Somehow it it looks beautiful. There's none of that cardboard cut out crap. Dude, dude, bro. Like, are you were you really gonna doubt Adam Silver? We were really. I I had doubts. I had doubts. I had doubts. Adam, forgive me, Adam. Mr. Silver, I know not man, what I do. He is the best commissioner of all sports. Like, I had. Oh, he did well. The NBA bubble is really, really, dude, you really got, killing like, it. You got like the you got the fans who can check in on Microsoft Teams through the NBA app. You got you know the courts look beautiful. Uh, the promoting of social justice is is phenomenal. He did. They're doing a phenomenal job. And then the on court, like with the camera angles now, like the. Ooh, like like you're sitting uh, courtside. That's amazing, dude. I love those uh, cameras. Although I forgot forget who, but someone almost got knocked out. But I've been loving it, man. The, I know. I, I love the Bubble idea that they created great. they created this like stage instead of it being a stage. They created these stages where they can now add all these crazy camera angles because it's like almost free range. It's like a studio. They literally created a studio. Well, yeah. You know what they? You know what? You know what I just noticed is that they don't have camera people on the floor anymore. So it's like that makes it even better. And you don't have fans there, so you can get all these good angles that you probably couldn't get. And they're getting now; they're now getting creative with it. So I love seeing the inbound play, like from like from like ground level. It gives you like a true, like real aspect to see how big these guys are and the spacing on the court now, right? And instead of like that true, like like bird's eye view all the time, like you're sitting in like the 200 level. It's it's great. Yeah, you got the NCAA tournament uh, final four views going it's pretty cool we got the 2k views what are you talking about <laughs> yeah true it's all true it's true um but you know what's even cooler is that now they're doing nba bubble awards that's how successful it was right so they <laughs> they it, i mean like it was so gimmicky coming in right they had the whole play-in game for the eight and nine they were gonna arbitrarily play six more games you know what i mean like it was it was so it was super weird and none of us really were we were, of course, excited about basketball, but no one was really excited about change. <laughs> you know, it's an NBA, what we know, what we like. And now we it's been such a phenomenon, really, that we added NBA Bubble Awards. So for the NBA Bubble Awards, they have an MVP. That's, in, and that's only, of course, uh, from these past couple games. And they're going to fill out an all-NBA first team and an all-NBA second team. Yeah, no, that's I find it crazy. Also, I just want to add that this year's just been crazy for basketball in general. Because think about remember All Star Break, we had the Elam ending, which that was just amazing. Silver's killing it this year, man. Silver has been doing his homework. He's been doing the due diligence. That man just gotta give praise to the dude. But and they have been killing it on the social, uh, the social activism aspect as well. And everybody and it and it really hasn't all been uh, one voice or one cause what's really been cool about this is everybody is kind of caring about what's important in their life like i know ennis canner has come out about his own thing yep. um and you know certain players are coming out with 
of whatever they think is important to them at the moment and they're bringing awareness to it in all their post game which is really cool um yeah but i guess you want to go into the bubble awards right you want to do like our own little bubble awards is that weird Who, who's your mvp was? who's your mvp alex okay. tell us right now mvp of like so of the, the bubble MVP of the bubble damian lillard all right that's fine i mean i, I mean i love dame so oh, I, I i i think it's really I think that you really – this co-MVPs. I'm going to co-MVP like Kobe and Shaq, and it has to be D-Book and Dame. I really I, – you really cannot give it to you. Or, or you just give it to whoever wins that play-in game, which I hope to God – I don't know where you stand on it, but I hope to God that it's the Suns versus Blazers. And really, the MVP, which I'm sure is going to come with some sort of monetary award, should just go to the winner of that game. Dude. I'm I'm right there with you. I tweeted about it. I really want a Blazers Suns game. These are the two hottest teams right now. They both want to be in the playoffs so bad, and both for like two totally different reasons. Dame, I love his post game speech yesterday. He was just speaking truth. He's been speaking truth. He, I mean, he does, he never not speaks truth. But the man has clearly been on a mission. He's got he he rallied the troops. Dude is like the dude is just killing it, man. Yesterday's post game speech was like. We came down here with a purpose. We're going to win. Told him we're on a mission. We're not coming down here just for like ish and giggles. He was like, we're going to do this. We're, we're going to play. We're going to get in and we're going to make the most out of this experience. And Devin Booker, him and his team, Devin Booker, because you got everyone out there saying Devin Booker's just a, a numbers, like puts up a lot of numbers on a bad team. Not really a good player. And he's, he's now showing, he's like, I don't care what team I'm going against. I'm winning. And he's showing it. He's showing that he can win. And I personally want to see Portland keep the A seed. You know, stay mellow. Stay mellow, baby. Stay <laughs> mellow. But you know, like, if the Suns make it, then they obviously earn it if they can get in. And I would love to see how far they can go because that team will be exciting. Devin Booker's just been unreal. Just unreal. Flamethrower, dude. Flamethrower. Him and Dave. Flamethrower. Did you see that Adidas – uh, today, $61, but all their shoes, all the Dame shoes were $61 up That's and they amazing. sold out. Oh my God. And then Dame also is doing the, the beef with Paul George and the Clippers. So, I mean, I agree. I mean, I, honestly, I would give it to Dame. I love Dame, but I think that whoever wins the hopeful Suns versus Blazers matchup, uh, you should get that MVP. But as for the first team, I guess we can casually go into it. Who do you think deserves to be the first guy that deserves to be on that All-NBA team? I guess we'll just throw in Book and Lillard, you know, because yep. they're our MVP, so we'll just throw those in. Yep. So who 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 would be your third guy in there? Third guy has to be Luka Doncic. Oh, man. So three guards coming off the bat. Well, he's – yeah, he's it's weird because he, he could be like a wing player. But, yeah, essentially, yeah. he the dude, I mean, the dude's just been crazy. He's been balling out too. He went, what, didn't he go like – 30, 15, and 10. <laughs> I yeah, saw I mean, some, he's been murdered. I mean, his, I saw some crazy. Insane. I saw some crazy stat. I think Tommy Beer of Forbes tweeted this. LeBron and a couple other guys have had that type of stat line three times in their entire careers. Luca has done this three times in one season. The dude is unreal. He is a man on a mission, too. He is legit. Uh, if I'm the Hawks, just saying. I look pretty dumb making that trade right now. Trey Young is good, but you just gave up a generational talent, and he is showing it through and through. 
but all right, that's fine. I, 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 I could, I could, I can see that. And honestly, I'm going to stick with you and the kind of the theme of this podcast. And I'm going to throw it up to MPJ, man. I'm going to throw it up to Michael Porter Jr. As the fourth guy who deserves to be on the first team for the, for the bubble. Really? Yeah, okay. man. He has, I think he got, I think he got four double doubles. Uh, including like a 37-point game, a 30-point game, a 27-point game. I guess, uh, yeah, he's been killed. I mean, I mean, okay, I was not expecting him to be I mean, I, I feel okay. you. I mean, Denver has not been killing it, right? But uh, uh, to keep it fair, I mean, Michael Porter, I, I mean, I would like more than anything for him to stick him into the second team. But if we're just talking strictly in the bubble, you got to put you got to put MPJ in there. All right, so then that's – okay. Okay, I, I can get I can get behind. I was just not expecting him to come into the first team. I don't. I, mean, guess, I don't want. I don't want to put him in there either. <laughs> but, but I, I guess I, you're I, right. Credit is credit is due. No, I guess you're right because this is based on you know what we think is like the best, right? This is not really like season. This is just bubble. Yeah, so. This is just this is just a snippet. This is just yeah, a snippet no, season. And, and, I mean, and, and he's got five I, double doubles. <laughs> I have to I have to like wrap my my mind around that as we're doing this. So if that's number four for the first team, my next guy would have to be. Yeah, uh, TJ Warren. TJ Warren's been absolutely all right. Like, all right, so we're not gonna go with the we're not gonna go with the we're just gonna go with the four guard. Kind oh, you, of. Know what, no, 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 you know what? No, no, you know what? Now that I think about it, I'd go Giannis. Okay, that's what I was saying. I'll, I'll no, throw I'd Giannis go, in no, there. No, I'd go Giannis because, like, the more I think about it, no, I'd go Giannis over TJ. Okay, perfect. Because Giannis has also been killing it, and if he didn't. <laughs> get ejected from yesterday's game from giving the headbutt which, which was kind of reckless by the way very reckless yo and um, honest to god to keep it to keep it fair if lebron james headbutted somebody in the nba bubble this would be literally headlining the news headlining oh, headlining absolutely. local news it would be lebron james headbutts guy in nba bubble your local newspaper who no one has ever heard of would be writing LeBron. That would be front page. LeBron James headbutted. Uh, well, in this case, it was Mo Wagner. But uh, yikes. I, I get, That's what bothers I, me about I, the whole Ramona Shelburne giving the, MV, the, the narrative MVP to LeBron. You know yeah. what I mean? Because like, of, of things like this. Like, it, it's just not, it's not a fair playing field. No, it's not. And, you know, with, with Giannis, like – it was crazy for him to do it, considering that like his team needs him. I like, I don't know why he would like. I get, I get. You want to be like that aggressive guy and just like instill fear. He has setting like, the tone, man. He's setting the tone. He, he game, is, games he don't is. matter. And it's and it's like it's that Kobe esque mentality, which I also appreciate appreciate at the same time because Kobe would be jawing and doing whatever, just like getting everyone's face, and I can respect it. But I think you also have to know when to tone it back, and to. And to know that your your team needs you, but I like so, our first. I like our first team. Yeah, so we, and I think you could. I think we could start up TJ Warren as the header for the for the second team. Yeah, so TJ Warren gets header for the second team, and uh, the reason I did change is because he had a lot of hot games. He's apparently told Victor Oladipo to move on over because he's the captain of the ship now. Um, who and, side? Who side? No, I would love Depot on the Knicks. That'd be that'd be cool. I'd like Devo on the Knicks too. There's other players I like, but I would not be upset. Sure, <laughs> yeah. I would not. I mean, I wouldn't be upset. I mean, we're we're Knicks fans, so nah. yeah. Anyone, anyone beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd start off with TJ Warren. The only reason I took it back was because when he went against Jimmy Butler, his nemesis, uh, he didn't show up. 
Yeah, true. They didn't show up. And Jimmy Butler was essentially canceling a seven-day trial. <laughs> <laughs> true. Uh, man. So that's what, he'll lead the second team, though, because he's been playing really well. And, he's been, and he has actually been helping lead the Pacers. Uh, and just like the entire team has just been stepping up. But who, who do you got next after TJ Warren for your second team? All right. I'm going to go with the most dangerous stroke in the NBA bubble right now. He is none other than Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson has been absolutely unreal. That's like, for sure. I, I honestly don't, like, when I'm watching the Heat, I'm actually like terrified. I'm actually terrified of the Miami Heat. The Knicks, like we cannot even play on the same court. I feel like as the Miami Heat right now. I I honestly feel like that. Watching Duncan Robinson just like lay in his stroke out of nowhere, just bang, 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 bang. It's honestly. He feels like a splash brother out there. I agree. Duncan Robinson is a flamethrower from deep. He is, dude's a really good shooter. I just get tired of people saying that he's the best shooter that anyone's ever, like, especially when it's Iguodala, who's like, this is the best three-point shooter I've ever played with. Like, it annoys me because Steph Curry. He's doing that for effect, though. He's doing that for effect. I know he's doing it for effect. And he's boosting his boy. He's boosting his boy. He know. He knows everybody sure, knows that Steph sure. Curry and Clay, and he know, and he know, and he. I just get tired. I just get tired. Iggy's playing. Iggy's playing. He's, he's his boy, so he's like, ha ha ha! I'm gonna put it out in the media that Duncan Robinson is a better shooter than Steph and Clay. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. I just get it's like, but people buy into it. You know what I mean? People <laughs> yeah, buy yeah. it, and it's like, come on, guys, wake up. Uh, yeah, I no, I, I I can feel you on Duncan Robinson. Don, Duncan Robinson has definitely been like wiped out from deep. Dude's unreal. Um, can you imagine him on the Warriors though? That dude, that would be ridiculous. I don't, yeah, I don't even know if that would be fair. That would just, and the Warriors now score 170 points with, I mean, by the third quarter. <laughs> but yeah, um, the record for first half three pointers was broken in this NBA bubble. So who knows what's going to happen, man? Who knows? My next guy, though, who I have to get it to, who's been playing really well. Especially once he got a haircut, it's Jason Tatum. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I like Jason Tatum. Tatum is bit Tatum is probably I think the best. Uh, I like to the whole like player to take it to the hole right now in the bubble. I think Dame is the best like ISO player, and then I guess Booker is right there too. But I w- like I would really go. Tatum is just he's filthy. Man. Tatum can go to the hole every single time. And that you was can't a, stop it. And that was a that what's crazy that is that was the weakest part of his game. And now he's just took it to a whole other level. And it's just he can cross you up, get you to the take you to the rack. And then he also has a stroke. So dude, he's, he's a certified baller. Out. He's a certified baller. Oh my god, love Tatum. I love the way he plays. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's our third guy for the second team. Who's your next? So this is where I guess it. Starts getting a little hazy for me, and I feel like we're going kind of role players because I mean, watching this bubble, no, no other players are really superstar jumping up to me. Really, from from me, just from from my bubble. So I think that someone like I don't know, like Gary Trent Jr. has been murdering for the Blazers. Oh you know what I'm trying man, to say? you know, you know, oh, what, I'm try- you know what I'm trying that to say? Good. That's good. That's like a good he's. One. He's killing, like he's killing for the Lakers, and I don't think the Blazers could do anything without him. So I, I, he's not like some superstar, and like 
I don't think he's going to max contract next year. But if we're talking like, you know, snippet of games and who should make the, you know, if we're play, if we're like legit playing uh, backyard basketball and we have to choose like, just like the five best, you know, Gary Trent Jr. is making that. That's true, man. Gary Trent Jr. has been on one this this bubble. He's real like I think he, he became, made 29 to 51 threes, man. How insane is that? Dude, he came out of nowhere. Like, like everyone, like that is probably like the most popular name on Twitter right now. <laughs> yeah. The NBA Twitter sphere is Gary Trent Jr. And rightfully so. The dude's been just knocking it out every single time he gets on the court, whether it's important game winning steals, just knocking out big shots. He's all over the place, man. He has a good four game and he has a good shooting game as well. Um, but I agree. This is where it starts to get hazy now. And I, even I am like torn between like a couple of players who I'd like uh, choose at this. But something tells me I should just go with like my heart and who mm-hmm. I want to like choose for this one. And I know there's probably other guys, but I'm just going to do this because I'm a selfish person. And <laughs> I just like making picks that are in my heart. I'm just going to choose Carmelo Anthony. Oh, stay mellow. And I have to do it. Like, I'm sure there's other guys, like there's other guys who've been playing well, like John Morant, Gordon Hayward, you know, Donovan Mitchell's been playing well. Uh, Jokic has been playing well. Same with like Russell Westbrook and James Harden. All those guys have been playing well. Um, but if we're going to do like, if like, if I'm going to take it like a second, like just for me for this one, I'm going to choose Melo just because I like, if we're going to be narrative based, um, I like how he's just researched his career and become like an important part of the Portland Trailblazers. He has really stepped up in big games. He's been making big shots and, you know, filling out the stat sheet isn't necessarily the most important thing. You know, you can get 30 points and still lose a game every single night. That's what people complain about Booker for so long. Mel has been showing up, making big, like he's been making big rebounds. He's been making big shots. And I like the way he's been playing. That's my selfish pick. But if I had to really choose somebody, like James Harden has been going. I was good. That's my bonkers. pick. Yeah, but no, okay, so that, that's my pick. Yeah. We, I mean, like, uh, we, we kind of played a little cute here picking Gary Trent Jr. over Harden. And I hope, you know, like, I hope that's... Honestly, the last two guys, if we're, we're going to be very serious, it should probably be Gordon. It should be Russell. Uh, it should be James Harden. And it could be, like, Gordon Hayward, Westbrook, John Morant. One I of would those literally guys rather take Gary Trent Jr. I'm not even joking. Just based on the bubble, just based on the bubble stats... You got mm-hmm. you got to take Gary Trent Jr. over those guys, like sure. you know, because th- th- that's what these awards are. I, I, of course, Russell Westbrook is a better basketball player. Of course, Gordon Hayward's better. No, basketball no, no. But player. I'm saying like Westbrook yeah. been playing really well too. I know he. Had, yeah. I guess the thing with Westbrook, he has he's now sitting out this game. I think he may, may have missed another game. I'm not. He's having I'm an MRI sure. on his quads, which is kind of scary. Yeah. No. And he's somehow become the center of that team. I don't know how that's happened. Um, but yeah, I think Harden. I think Harden is a decent closeout on the NBA second team. Yeah. I'll, I'll add this. Melo is the alternative. <laughs> deal. That's a deal. That's a deal. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, that closes out the bubble awards. You know, just uh, as Knicks fans, we do appreciate good basketball and it doesn't come uh, to our sque- to our screens quite often. So Not we must all. revel in its glory when it does. Uh, that's right. So, But on to... The only thing that gives us joy in our life, Alex. So what is that? 
the New York Yankees. Literally, man, the only thing that we have going right in this city. Jesus. Let me tell you, if if it wasn't for the Yankees, like I don't know, I don't know how like Mets, <laughs> Jets, Knicks fans, or Mets, Survive. Jets, Nets. I have no idea, man. I honestly don't. Like it's I really re- tough. I really don't, and I feel bad. And I don't even like. I don't even ridicule the Mets. I, I feel like that's just like that's just. It's like honestly, it's like when Giants fans ridicule the Jets. It's like, come on, guys. Like really, this is the that's the joke. Like we we know we we get it. So the same thing with like Yankees. Like Yankee fans, if you do it to the Mets, it's just like if unless a Mets fan is trying to tell me that the Yankees are trash, um, why well, only go out? But I feel bad for you guys. Um, Joe DiMaggio know? said it best, man. Joe DiMaggio said it best. I thank the good Lord for making me a Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. So what do you guys talk about the Yankees today, John? Well, just to hit on it, I mean, just an update. The Yankees are. 11 and 6 on top of the division. Um, from the out, we're up, you know, 6 2 on the Braves right now in the seventh after winning yesterday. Things are looking good on paper, but, and there's a huge but, man. Stanton to the, inj- to the IL with a hamstring that's been bugging him. Aaron Judge came out last game when we were up. And then Aaron Boone said it was for rest. And now he's out with a quote unquote lower extremity injury. I don't like that. That scares the hell out of me. All right. Our pitching rotation hasn't been fantastic. I, I, if if J.A. had pitches, again, I I, I might have an aneurysm. <laughs> okay. Like, I don't know what to do anymore. Ah, uh, man. So, you know what's crazy, though? Yeah. This team does step up. Like, we had Voight just knock one out of the park. Vo- Voight's been seeing beach balls, man. The, the ball has been a beach ball void. Of course, DJ has been amazing. We, Gary is waking up a little bit, even though he had some tough plays yesterday on defense. But Dude, he's, we, he hit a home run today. He's back. You know, he, he, he's coming a little bit back, you know. What's temper, things with Judge? What's just hope? I, hit, I mean, I mean, like, if, if Judge goes on the IL and if Stanton doesn't come back, like, this is tough. Like this is becoming tough, but I'm 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 just to play the optimistic devil's advocate here. We do have some guys in the outfield. We almost have too many guys in the outfield. That of course, they're not replacing our, Stanton and Judge. Of course, of course, that of has course. been our biggest issue, which is why like DH has always been like a merry-go-round yeah. because we just have way too many guys, which is why we can't get everyone up. We can't get all like our good hitters. Up to bat, man, because we just have our outfield is just ridiculous. Why? You know what they need to do? We need to get these guys a little bit less jacked so they can play the infield. <laughs> I know. Or they got to learn how to play third and first. That's what they got to do. Yeah. Um, speaking of the outfielders, I know we touched on it last time with Guardy, but we I mean, we yeah. love Guardy. But Clint Frazier has had a game, man. Clint, Clint, Clint today's first game for Red Thunder. Not the greatest nickname in the whole world, but. <laughs> Red Thunder it is, all right? I mean Oh man. He had a pretty good game. He he came he came in the in the trade from the Indians for Andrew Miller. Yep. Okay, like he was he was one of the, he was one of our big assets. Uh we've been kind of treating him not so great, if we're being honest. And now he finally has, you know, an opportunity to shine. And he's been playing pretty well today for you know, first game in, got a home run, got a single, and I'm pretty sure he just struck out. <laughs> This is still a Brett Gardner stand podcast, John. 
Okay, I got you. And I mean, listen, much, I will bang the dugout whenever you ask me. And as much as I am pleased with any of our players doing well. I mean, they're we both cannot, in today. They're I know they're both I know they're both in today. They're not they're, they're, they're Well, let's just exclusive. remember let's just remember you're giving me a, you're giving me a heart attack over here. <laughs> they're <Whatever> mutually <laughs> exclusive. They're mutually exclusive. <laughs> At just, the moment. Let's just remember that. <laughs> I got you. I know. I know. We love Brady G. Oh, man. But, okay. So, I guess that's the, the quick update on the Yankees. We should be moving on from the Braves with a sweep. Thank God. Um, we got Boston coming this weekend, and hopefully our players are back. Yeah, that's it. That's and that's really going to wrap it up for the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast, Alex. Yep. Absolutely. So, guys – Please remember to like, subscribe. Please give us a rating review about this podcast because, like we said, the goal here is to create a community and to build this community, whether it's Knicks, Jets, and even our Yankees, okay? And so thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you later next week with another two episodes of Jets and Knicks on the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Have a good one. And don't forget, guys, the only KP we acknowledge, Kenny Payne. That's right. We out. Let's go, Knicks.